You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Great chance for the Flames as Andrew Mangiapane came close to scoring, and now Anderson shoots, they score! Rasmus Anderson took the shot, and it looked like Andrew Mangiapane tipped the pocket of the wild net. He snaps an eight-game goalless streak and gives the Flames a one-to-nothing lead. Anderson Walker has it centered in front, Huberdeau scores! Jonathan Huberdeau makes a beautiful forehand-to-backhand move and buries it. And he scores his first goal in 19 games to give the Flames a 2-0 lead. Coleman races out to the red line, crosses the wild blue line, shoots and scores! Blake Coleman puts the puck in the empty wild net and his team leading 14th goal of the season will probably ice this one. It is the Flames 3 and the Wild 1. The Calgary Flames kicked off 2024 with a big win in Minnesota. Now on to three more games on this four-game road trip. Stops in Nashville, Philly, and Chicago. Still to come for Ryan Huska's crew. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, wet basement they have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Flames 3-1 win over the Minnesota Wild. Kicking off this road trip with a big win. It was a shorthanded Minnesota group, but Calgary solid. You heard him from Derek on the call there, of course. Jonathan Huberto. Breaks his goalless drought. We'll hear from him post-game coming up in just a few moments. Also coming up on the show, Wednesday regulars, Ailish Forfar is going to join us from the fan pregame show in Toronto. And we'll put a bow on the fantasy football season with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. Quick reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you here on the program. If you're listening live, shoot us a text at 960-960. Would love to hear from you after a big Flames win over the Minnesota Wild. Outstanding producers on this Wednesday edition are Cam and Taylor. Yes, we start, of course, with the Calgary Flames and their victory over the Minnesota Wild. So far, so good when it comes to the most recent line change for Ryan Huska with his forward group. Two games now since Ryan Huska swapped Andrew Mangiapane and Jonathan Huberto on their respective lines. Now Huberto with Lindholm and Sharon Govich. Mangiapane back on the ABC line with Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund. Both players looking like better versions of themselves in the last two games. Wins over Philly and Minnesota. Now we've seen this before from Jonathan Huberto the beginning of his time. With Backlund and Coleman, certainly gave you some good vibes and some good feelings that eventually petered out into what was a pretty disappointing month of December for Jonathan. But no doubt, Flames fans were happy to see him get on the scoreboard. It was a nice goal, another flash of that potential 
from a former 115-point player in the NHL. And uh, don't bring that up to say he's ever going to hit 115 again. We've talked about that numerous times. But just uh, it felt like a good reminder that Jonathan Huberto does have that kind of skill, does have that kind of talent, and can still be an elite finisher in, the, in this league. It's a great pass. It's a great setup. But you got to have some hands down low. He beats future Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury for the goal. And look, it wasn't a perfect effort from the Calgary Flames, but they did enough to get a victory on the road against the depleted Minnesota Wild team. No Philip Gustafson, no Kirill Kaprizov, no Matt Zuccarello, no Jonas Brodeen. But Minnesota is one of those teams, as we talked about on Tuesday's show, one of the groups sitting in front of Calgary right now when it comes to a potential playoff spot in the Western Conference. Whether you believe that's realistic or you want that to be the direction for the Calgary Flames, that's where they are. It's what they're trying to accomplish in that locker room, and it puts them back at the 500 mark with a win over Minnesota and does move them one spot higher than Minnesota when it comes to trailing Arizona for the final wildcard spot in the West right now, as we talk to you on this Wednesday, Arizona with 36 games played good for 40 points. Calgary with 37 points in 37 games, but Seattle, St. Louis and Edmonton all in between Calgary and that final spot with Arizona. So some good and some bad last night for the flames. We'll hear from Ryan Husky coming up in just moments. He didn't love the team's third period kind of let Minnesota push back, but Jacob Markstrom, who has been absolutely outstanding for the Calgary Flames since returning from that uh, finger issue, now with a 4-2 and two record, his save percentage jumping up with every game he's played since then. And it's an interesting month. You look at this calendar uh, month of January for the Calgary Flames and... I think you're going to see a lot of Jacob Markstrom. There's not a lot of opportunity for uh, a Dan Vladar start here and there. I mean, we're going to have a back-to-back this weekend, Saturday, Sunday afternoon games in Philly and Chicago. So I think that's a, a pretty natural point where you'll see Dan Vladar jump in. But past that, it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all month long for the Calgary Flames. Wouldn't be surprised with how well Jacob Markstrom's playing that the Calgary Flames let him go on a bit of a ride. And when you're playing as well as he is right now, you're pretty much, it's not a hard decision for Ryan Huska to pencil in his starting goaltender, Jacob Markstrom, looking a lot more like the Jacob Markstrom that was a runner-up for the Vesna and bouncing back from what was a tough season last year for number 25. In goal. Let's jump back to Minnesota last night. Let's hear from the head coach, get Ryan Huska's thoughts on his team's 3-1 victory over the Minnesota Wild to kick off 2024 and to kick off a four-game road trip for his team. Ryan, how would you evaluate that road game for your team? Um, it was a win. Maybe we'll put it that way. I, you know, for the first two periods, I thought we did some good things. Third period, we were on our heels for a lot of it. And uh, thankfully, we had a goaltender that was was on his game tonight because I think he allowed us to get the two points. Uh, Jonathan got a goal tonight. I mean, part of it is just a matter of time, but how much of it also was the shakeup with the lines, do you think? Uh, I, I think it's, it, it might be a part of it, but... Um, 
you know, he had chances where he was playing before too, um, whether it was shooting the puck or making plays, they just weren't going in for him. So um, the game prior to this one against Philadelphia made a nice play on Dennis's goal. Tonight he's, he finishes a nice passing play for us. So hopefully that's a sign of some good things to continue to come for him. When you look at this game, Coach, the resiliency in the third period, though, might not have been the way you want to see them play the third period. Yeah. But what do you take away from that resiliency to come up with the victory? Uh, well, they have been all year, that resilient. I guess they're, you know, they're never out of a game. Um, they're competitive. We just, it's not the third period that we would like to put in the books and, and, and see too often, though, that's for sure. Manj looks like he might be getting on a bit of a roll too when it comes to yeah. Has he been getting into those dirty areas like you have all Yeah, M- more so for sure. I mean, we're, he's right in front of the net for the for the one tonight. So that's that's where he's at his best. And um, there's certain players on our team that we rely on in a lot of different situations, and he's most definitely one of them. So we, we need to see him at his at his best because it's going to help our team win games. You mentioned Markstrom's play ever since returning from injury. He's yeah. Been just phenomenal. He's been excellent. Um, you know, we often talk with Marky when he's rested. He hates it because he wants to play 82. Um, <laughs> but when he's rested, he's a really good goaltender, one of the best in the league for sure. And and we rely on him in a lot of situations. And uh, there's not too many games this year where you could be like, oh, Marky wasn't there. Um, so he, he was our best player by far tonight. And we're going to need him to continue to be. There you go. That's the head coach, Ryan Huska. His thoughts post-game following a 3-1 win over the Minnesota Wild. Yes, Jacob Markstrom, outstanding. 28 saves in the victory for the Calgary Flames. Of course, mentioning Jonathan Huberto and Andrew Mangiapane, who both hit the scoreboard last night for the Calgary Flames. I've mostly been impressed with with Mangiapane uh, getting back on that line with Backlund and Coleman. I, I can't put my finger on what it was earlier on in the season, if it was pressure to score or a contract way. I don't know what it was exactly, but 88 this year just hadn't looked like himself. And a lot of people will criticize the contract that he was given coming off of a, you know, a career season where he scored 35 goals. He still scored 17 last year, but you know, like a lot of the group, I think was in a down direction last season. And, but you know, that was just his seventh last year. Uh, excuse me, this was just his seventh goal last night of the season. He just hasn't looked like himself. And you heard Ryan asked there about getting to those dirty areas and where they want to see Andrew more often when it comes to what he's doing in the offensive zone. And I really couldn't agree more because the Andrew Mangiapane that I think of at his best for the Calgary Flames is just a tenacious four-checker. He works hard. He outbattles guys despite maybe not being the biggest guy out there, creates a lot of turnovers. Just haven't seen as much of that. I think there was maybe a point where Andrew's game was trying to be more finesse, and that's really not his style. I really think of a bang and crash guy to get to the net and get to those dirty areas is where he's going to have the more uh, success offensively, and I really hope that maybe that comes being back on that line with Backlund and Coleman. We've talked so much about how easy and how much the, you know, the Backlund bump is something we talk about in Calgary all the time. And it's going to start turning into the Backlund and Coleman bump because you're really not going to move those two guys away from each other. They play so well offensively now and defensively as they always have. Uh, so I really hope these next these last two games, I should say, are more of an indicator of what we're going to get going forward from Andrew 
uh, get back to some of that hard work, some of that gritty style of play that's led to him having offensive success for Jonathan. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Obviously felt good to get that monkey off his back. It was a great goal for him. I was really happy. His teammates, as always, uh, very supportive of him. I, d- I don't want to be Debbie Downer in this situation, but I'm still waiting to see with Jonathan. Uh, I want this to be a springboard. I think Flames fans want this to be a springboard. And I think he's looked a lot better recently with Lindholm and Sharon Govich than that line did earlier on in the season. That's what they kind of went through through training camp. It started the regular season off with those three together. It just never really gelled. And it wound up having to move Huberto all, all over the lineup and eventually bought him on that spot with Backlund and Coleman. I'm hopeful that this works. I just, we've seen this too often from Jonathan in his time in Calgary where the gets on these, you know, four or five game stretches of playing really well and looking like he's going to figure it out to going back to that guy that's been so frustrating for so many people where he kind of disappears from action. I'm hopeful that doesn't happen. We've, we've talked enough about it, and I think it's it's been drilled into to Jonathan enough that he needs to be more consistent. It's a good start. I like what Sharon Govich and Lindholm have done, but I, I want to see more of it from Jonathan as we've talked so many times about those baby steps, those springboards, whatever you want to call it. Let's see if this is actually one of those times for Jonathan Huberto. Let's hear from him. Obviously feeling better post-game following his goal last night against the Minnesota Wild. It was the game winner. And uh, for Jonathan Huberto, he's hoping it's something to build off going forward. Jonathan finally got one in tonight. How good does that feel? Uh, it felt good. I mean, uh, you know, it's been a while. And uh, like I guess I think lately we've been, you know, been playing better. So I think uh, it was good to get, you know, chemistry on the line too. And uh, that one obviously felt good. And especially, you know, finish it off with a win. Of course, it was going to be just a matter of time for you. But how much credit do you give the line of changes well, just the fact that you're on this different line now? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes you create some stuff and, you know, the coaches try to change it. And uh, maybe, you know, like I said, I think I... I was creating a little bit more, so you thought you know it could change the could change line goal with Lindy, and uh, we just got to make it work. We need to be an offensive line, you know, a good line that he can trust us too. And uh, I think you know that's what we've been doing, so we got to keep keep doing that. What did you think of your team's overall play tonight? Really good start, and then Minnesota really pushed back after that first period. Yeah, I thought we had a good start, especially in this building. It's it's not easy, and after that, I think you know we kind of they pushed back. We knew that was going to happen, but I think you know Marquis stood up. Guys were blocking shots, and you know that, that that's the kind of team we are and resiliency. And I think you know we, we came up with, with a huge win. So. Do you think that was a good way to set the tone for the rest of this road trip? None of these games really get easier for you. No, for sure. Three and four coming up, so I think you know focus on, on Nashville. But that's a good way to start you know, the year, and uh, you know we, we need to climb the standing. So next few games are going to be huge for us. And I got to give credit to to Mark Savard. For, he's been taping my stick, so a black tape too. So he wanted me to give him a shout out. So I gotta, gotta when did that start? Uh, the past two games. So really? like, yeah, so uh, we're just creating some things. So yeah, he's he's pretty pumped out there. Okay.
Right. Speaking of shout-outs, Jonathan, you're known as a good passer. What would you say to Igor and Elias on that play? They were two beautiful passes that set you off. Like yeah, that. it was a great pass. You know, Lindy is a, you know, is a great player, I think, all around. And, you know, Charky gave him a nice pass. And then after that, I kind of was going to the, to the net. And, you know, he found me a nice pass. And I think, you know, we're just creating some stuff. You're getting to know each other, too. So it's, uh, it's good. It was a pretty slick finish, sorry. Did you feel like you were gripping your stick a little looser after that assist the other night? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, probably. I think, uh, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's uh, that, that's confident. I think that's what it's going to be, and I think a goal, you know, helps you with that for sure. There's Jonathan Huberto checking in post-game last night. His goal, a big one for the Flames in that 3-1 win over the Minnesota Wild. Checking in on the text line, 960-960. If you're listening live, shoot us a text. Love to hear from you on this uh, Wednesday. Your thoughts following a big win over the Minnesota Wild to kick off a four-game road trip for the Calgary Flames. Uh, this text came in from Justin uh, from Old. Said, hey, Logan, Happy New Year to you, Cam and Taylor. Thank you very much. Uh, I've never been more undecided on which direction this team should go in my 20 years plus of watching the Flames. Do you think if we miss the playoffs again this year, is it time to finally hit the rebuild button and how deep of a rebuild should it be? I think a lot of people are in the same spot as you right now, Justin. And what I would say is, and Pat put this really well last night on the Flames Talk post-game show. If you go back and and check it out, you have to mix opinion with reality when you talk about this. And that's how Pat put it. And I thought it was a really good way of, of talking about it here in Calgary the reality is, as you've watched Flames hockey for a long time, I've been here my entire life in Calgary watching Flames hockey. I just don't know how realistic it ever is to say that this ownership group or the, the guys making the decision at the top will ever sign off on a full-on rebuild. It, it just It's never happened. And I'm not saying it won't ever happen, but it feels unlikely at this point. So I think given the opportunity, and that's how I want to look at it for the Flames with these UFAs, is I think you can hit, if you want to call it a retool, a reset, whatever word you want to use, I think you're, this is probably your biggest opportunity or your chance to get as close to a rebuild uh, as possible. Because I, I don't think... And look, I, I mean... Can you go on a full-on rebuild with a, with the Kadri contract, with the Huberto contract right now, with, with some of the guys that are tied here? I don't know that a, a rebuild, a full-on rebuild, can't even happen if you can't get some of these contracts out of the way. So, yeah, it's a tough one because part of me looks at the standings today like you do, Justin, and says, hey, we're three points behind Arizona for uh, the Flames are three points back of Arizona for a playoff spot. That's got to be the mindset, but you're also looking at it in league-wise. You're in the bottom half of the, the standings as a team. You just hit 500. You've got to trade these UFAs. Craig's talked about, Craig Connor has talked about that since day one. I was in the building, in the, in the press lounge at the Saddledome. If the guys aren't signed and they're not committed, they're not going down the Johnny Gaudreau situation again. They're not going to let high-profile, valuable UFAs walk for nothing. And if that happens, 
and you say goodbye to a Hannafin, to a Tanev, to a Lindholm, it's going to affect your competitiveness. There's just no way about it. There is not replacements coming. You're not trading Lindholm for another comparable center. Those things just don't happen. So, yeah, it's a tough one. And I, I, if you're if you are somebody like Mick that mentions, hey, they've needed a full-on rebuild for a long time. I I, I can't disagree with you, but I I just think you have to kind of mix reality with with what I think is best for the organization. And I I'm still not sold that they would go down the full route of of tearing it down like a Chicago or an Anaheim did. Uh, Paul and Chestermere texting in saying, Logan, you rock. What is your thoughts on the best looking lineup for next season, given trading the UFAs and doing a retool versus a rebuild? Uh, I mean, that's it's such a long way away right now to to look at that. But I, I do think, I think you're going to see a number of, of young guys on this team, Paul, that are going to take major roles on this team going forward. I think, you're probably looking at a, a life without Elias Lindholm. I think you're probably looking at, you know, a, a backland cadre as your your number one and two centers going forward. And I think you're probably looking at, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of conversation about bringing in young NHLers potentially from other teams instead of just straight up draft picks. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, similar to Yegor Sharangovich, except maybe even younger, right? So if you're going to have that conversation, and I think that that's something the Flames will have a conversation with their teams about, maybe some of those youngsters that come in have an opportunity to to take a big role with this team. I think you're going to try to see a team that, you know, still has the veterans. Like, I don't think Nazem Kadri's going anywhere. I don't think Blake Coleman's going anywhere. So I think you're going to see a, a mix of of youngsters with vets as far as particular names. I mean – Gosh, who who knows what happens between now and and September? I think twenty twenty four is going to see a lot of roster turnover for the Calgary Flames for sure. Our pal Matt and Cochran texting in at nine six zero nine six zero. If you don't sell the UFAs, the next season will likely most likely be worse than the past couple with the assets you get for trading them. Assuming that Hannafin and Lindholm are walking, one hundred percent. This text says uh, as Frank Cervelli said yesterday. You're not winning with those UFAs, and that's a that's an important part of this for for Craig Conroy with Hannafin, with Tanev, with Lindholm, and it's not a shot at those guys by any means. It's a it's a general roster construction, but you, what have you achieved with them? That's a, it's a very good point that Frank brought up on his hit on Flames talk on Tuesday. Is okay, yeah, those guys are great players. You obviously want to have as best a team as you can, but what have you won? What what have you accomplished with Elias Lindholm here, with with Noah Hannafin here? And if the answer isn't being a, a year-in, year-out contender like you want to be, then, yeah, it's probably time to, to look at it as um, – Maybe not so much as a bad thing having all these UFAs, but maybe having a a good chance to to reset your roster and maybe have it happen quick. I I don't know if it it actually expedites the situation because you have all these UFAs. It depends on 
the type of return draft picks, how quick people are for, you know, NHL ready, that sort of thing. But yeah, I think if you want to be a glass half full optimist about it, I think you can look at this as an opportunity for the Calgary Flames and one that they can potentially take advantage of. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to continue the Calgary Flames conversation, but we're going to focus in. We're not far away from the NHL's All-Star Weekend in Toronto. All 32 teams will send at least one representative to Toronto. Who should the Calgary Flames representative be? You get to have your say next at 960-960. Coleman, Kadri, Markstrom, question mark, Uyghur. Who do you want to see rep the Calgary Flames in Toronto at All-Star Weekend? We'll find that out on Thursday, but you have your say next. We're talking NHL All-Star representatives next when Sportsnet Today returns here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All-Star Weekend in Toronto coming up February 1st to 3rd. All 32 teams will have a representative announced Thursday. And that's led us to the question following a Flames 3-1 win against Minnesota on Tuesday. Who should represent the Calgary Flames in Toronto? It was a pretty easy decision last year. Team was having trouble scoring. Nazem Kadri was on a hot streak. This year, it's a little bit more difficult. If you want an in-depth read on it, our pal Wes Gilbertson from Post Media and co-host of Flames Talk occasionally with Pat Steinberg has an article out on some interesting candidates for the Calgary Flames to rep the Flaming Sea in Toronto. But we figured we'd give you a chance to have your opinion voiced on a Flames All-Star representative coming up Thursday night. We'll announce all 32 teams with at least one representative. We'll get to Cam's hatred of that in a couple of moments. But Every team will have a rep. Who should it be from the Calgary Flames? If you're listening live, 960-960. Because I, I think it's actually a much more interesting conversation this year than it was last year. Obviously, at the top of the list, you'd have to think, as of right now, Flames' leading goal scorer and leading point scorer, Blake Coleman, has to be near the top of the list to represent the Calgary Flames. He's been outstanding this year. That pairing with Michael Backlund has been a go-to for Ryan Huska. Blake Coleman taking on more of an offensive role for this team. He scored 20 a couple of times in his New Jersey Devils days. But with Calgary, 18 was his career was his season high with the Flames. He's on pace, obviously, to crush that. Already at 14 goals in 37 games. He seems like a pretty obvious choice. You could go to former Toronto Maple Leaf, Nazem Kadri once again. He's just a point back of Coleman. Would be a pretty cool opportunity for the London, Ontario native to rep the team again in Toronto. But what about Mackenzie Weger? As far as scoring for defensemen goes, he's got eight goals on the season. He's cooled off a little bit. 
but I think offensively showing off a lot more recently for the Calgary Flames. Jacob Markstrom's numbers since coming off the injury have well improved. He's now at a 907 save percentage and a 2.65 goals against. I think you could make a conversation or a case for Jacob Markstrom to be the all-star rep for the Calgary Flames. But who do you have going to Toronto if you're the Calgary Flames? Maybe somebody else we haven't mentioned. Uh, one of the texts that come in already is uh, we should be sending Rasmus to the all-star game. And while the offensive numbers maybe aren't shining for Rasmus Anderson, he's still got 19 points in 33 games. He's arguably the number one defenseman for this group. Plays a lot of tough minutes. Uh, of course, like I said, maybe doesn't shine in the same capacity as, you know, offensively as an Eric Carlson or someone like that. But I wouldn't disagree with Rasmus Anderson being uh, an all-star candidate for the Calgary Flames. Uh, my producers, Cam and Taylor, we've been talking about this a bit in the break. And uh, I'm curious where you two come down on the conversation about a Flames all-star rep. Taylor, if you had to, you had to pick one for Thursday when it's announced by the NHL, who would you go for the Flames? I I think I'd go with Coleman. But that also being said, the NHL has routinely just not brought in defensemen. So if that's the case, Anderson. Fair. Cam? Uh, I think going into when we were talking about this, I thought I would say Kadri, but... Uh, with with what Blake Coleman's been doing this year, I think he's had such a big kind of step forward in his production. I think I think you'd be silly not to go with Blake Coleman. Would love to see Uyghur though as well. And you're grumpy about this format. I think it's terrible. You are um, <laughs> with all due respect to the NHL. I you think are it's, big anti. Everybody gets an All Star spot. I mean, it, it for me it makes it feel like it's a bit of a particip- participation trophy. It is. Ken. It is though. It is. <laughs> And That's the thing. This is literally for nothing. It it's, it's for a new car. And you know, you think of, oh, it's the All Star Game. It's it's going to be the however many best players in the NHL. But we're going to have a representative from the San Jose Sharks in that game. And I just don't think it's right when there are, are there are so many elite elite players in this league. There are going to be a few snubs because there's a player from a the 31st best team in the NHL on that team. Now, in fairness to the San Jose Sharks, I mean, Tomas Hurdle does have 28 points. He's very good, and and I use the Sharks as a bit of a scapegoat here because they're easy. Um, but I, I just think it, it's the all-star game. You're thinking it, it is the best players in the world competing against each other in a semi-friendly exhibition game. It should be the best players, and I just don't think that picking one player from each team is necessarily going to give you that year in, year out. But then there's fans of the team that exactly. they don't get yeah. to see their players. Yeah. See, I think for the NHL cam, I think this is more about showcasing all 32 teams in a way rather than true best on. I don't think the all-star games anymore in, in any league really are really best on best. And even if it was simply taking the best players, as Taylor said, it's kind of not for anything. You know what I mean? Just because you're the best. I mean, you're playing a three-on-three tournament and you're doing some fun skills things. I'm much more concerned about having the absolute best of the best 
when we start getting to World Cup of Hockey again yeah. or the Olympics. Because I just don't think the All-Star game, I don't know that it ever really meant anything. But, I mean, I, I, the last couple of years, especially the NHL, right, when we had some of those fun fan votes that brought John Scott in yeah. or um, I'm thinking of the guy in Buffalo that got in the one year for the fan vote. Oh, what was his name? Gergensons. <laughs> Zemgis Gergensons, that's who it was. All-time name. Right? Like, when you start having those sort of things happen, I think you've just kind of got to accept that this is going to be more for fun and more for having everybody be around. Look, I think Taylor's right. If you're a – we want to use the San Jose Sharks as an example. If you're in Toronto and you never get to see the Sharks and – you know, all-star weekends coming along and they named the, the all-star teams and there wasn't a shark there. You'd, you'd probably be disappointed. Wouldn't you? And and I get why, why the system is in place because yeah, you're right. You want to have, um, you know, a collection of every team, a player from each, but I don't know. I just, the way I see the all-star game is, you know, it is the, it is the, it is a showcase for the league and it is the, the best players from that league, no matter what. And maybe there are some years where the system that's in place right now would allow you to do that. But I I do think that more often than not, you're going to have a situation where guys are getting in that, you know, arguably are less good than some of the other guys that were left off the list. Maybe they just need a little time to shine, you know? Different teams are <laughs> gonna yeah. I'm gonna laugh when whatever San Jose Sharks player is on this all star team and they just get like seven hat tricks. <laughs> yeah, it's a time for yeah, that's a better way to look at it, Taylor. It's a it's a time for maybe some of the less recognized amongst the NHL best to get their moment in the sun. How's that? I uh, sure. I think your argument can't make sense five years ago. Mm. Maybe more than that. I'm stuck in the past. Yeah, I just think, I'm sorry, I'm not going to try to rag on the guy, but <laughs> once you've brought John Scott in, I think we're kind of past the the whole conversation. We need to have the best of the... Uh, yeah, man. I think it's just for vibes now. Like, nobody really pays attention to this All-Star game. No, it'll be fun. We'll We'll joke about whoever gets voted or picked last. I think that's fun. So I think he just needs to go fully vibes, just full John Scott. I need the <laughs> least talented player on every team to just. Oh, so you want to you want to go the other way? Yes. You want to just become a total unsung hero <laughs> thing? And not necessarily. I just want the chaos of there's going to be like either twenty goals or none. <laughs> Taylor thinks we need to send AJ Greer, Ooh. and we're going to we're going to take. Uh, Everybody's AJ lowest scoring forward. Scoring? No, I'm not He's trying to. I'm just good. saying it's uh, AJ Greer's been great this year. I'm just saying, I think that's kind of more the direction that you're you're going. No, I'm I'm sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of your texts at nine six. By the way, I would take Blake Coleman. I think he's the the slam dunk choice for the Calgary Flames. And even if we want to talk about you know sort of the unsung heroes or maybe not a superstar, but the guys that having the best offensive year for your team. What Blake Coleman brings to the table isn't necessarily always valued in an all-star game, 
right? Like the the grinding defensive play doesn't always um, shine at a three on three turn, but I think the opportunity for him to uh, to go this year would be really cool, and I think he'd be I think he'd be super deserving of it. Um, let's see here. Uh, this text at nine six zero nine six zero says uh, a duster all star game would be legendary. Um, I kind of like that. Like the 32 send, best dusters in the NHL. Send in kind of like your... a good segue to be like, hey, we have a beer league game broadcast. <laughs> yeah, hey, by the way, speaking of dusters, if you want to see an all-star game full of dusters, uh, the beer league broadcast is coming up. Um, we'll talk more about that soon. <laughs> um, uh, what else we got here? Uh, Big Mike text. I haven't heard from Big Mike in a while. Uh, text in saying, how do, how do you uh, logo and crew? Happy New Year. All-Star game is awful. It's awful for most leagues. However, I do love Taylor's optimism. Um, what else we got here? Um, this texter keeps bringing up Andrew Mangiapane for some reason. Is it 18, 16? That's a lot about that. Um, this one says, uh, Shubes text in, said Uyghur from the Flames, maybe Marky. Uh, this text says, send Rasmus to the All-Star game. Uh, this one goes, uh, my list is Uyghur, Coleman, Zary, then Backlund. Uh, this one says, send Blake Goldman to the All-Star game. There's some some negative ones. Tony's in here going, no one, just a very average team with no stars. Thanks for taking my text. And Taylor, you had the good one. You replied to text that says, if you have to name five different guys to debate, then you don't have an All-Star. And Taylor replied to that text, maybe you have many All-Star players. And that's the way to look at it, Taylor. That is well, the glass half full. We don't have five guys that are maybe all-stars. That's why we're debating it. We have all these guys who are having outstanding seasons. Right, like and we just can't at, pick one. If you look at teams like Toronto, you have Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Riley, who's all having amazing seasons. Same thing here. You're having great seasons from everyone. Yeah, they're just different. A great season for everyone is different, okay? It's all about perspective. Yeah. My great season looks different from Cam's great season. It's yeah, it's perspective, okay, people. Get your Connor Zary NHL All Star votes ready. Uh, I like this idea, and they used to kind of do this. Uh, would making it Olympic teams attract more love to the All Star game? Maybe doing like um, countryside. I mean, like Canada versus the world, or North America versus the world. That's what the All Star uh, format. The N- the NBA, I believe, is doing. I like it. I wouldn't mind it. There's enough international um, pedigree out there to to do it. If you wanted to shake up the all-star game and kind of go back to that format, I'd be all for it. Anything. It's like, as Big Mike says, the all-star game, just it is what it is. It's For most of the NHLers, it's a break. and It's a time to get away from a busy NHL season. It's not super serious. Nobody's, you know, nobody's taking it personally or uh, nobody's, you know, making a bigger deal of it um, than it is. But it's just, if you want to try to find a way to spice it up and the NBA's tried different things, the NFL's tried different things. I'm happy personally the NHL's going back to the team captains and the draft format. That's kind of fun. Um, I think you'll remember a couple years ago, Phil Kessel was the last guy uh, and everyone dogged on him about being the last guy drafted. And then it might've been the next year. 
uh, Ovechkin just sat there with a piece of paper in front of his face the whole time being like, I want to be picked last. I need a car. Because the guy who got picked last got a, a car from the NHL spot. Like, that's kind of... Well, that's kind of fun. I like the captaincy idea. Right? It's something different. I mean, look, you're it's lipstick on a pig. We can't <laughs> fix what's broken here. <laughs> what is that analogy? Have you ever heard of that one? That is that is not one I'm familiar with. You'll have to look it up. You're too young. All right. I know what that means. See, Taylor knows. Maybe it's, it's making it's, something that's not pretty. Uh, trying to make pretty. it. Oh, yeah. It's like the, the chicken soup out of chicken. Yeah. That's a different one. Similar meanings, though. It's it's comparable, I guess. We'll take that. Uh, more of your text at nine six zero nine six zero. Some negative ones. I'm not going to read. Hey, hey, hey. What did Kevin? Say? Kevin says send Dustin Wolf. You definitely could go to the. Well played, Cam. Thank you. Um, this one says don't laugh. But send Huberto to the All-Star game. Maybe playing with elite players again will get him back on track. There are a couple of other Huberto ones that aren't quite as optimistic as that. We'll say that. Oh, boy. Uh, this text is just tuned in, so I might have missed it. But uh, if he did go, would this be Coleman's first All-Star game? It would be. It would be Blake Coleman's first All-Star game. So perhaps uh, another good reason. Maybe Kadri says, yeah, I've gone before. Give it to Blake. I don't need to go back to Ontario. I'm going to take a, a holiday this year. <laughs> and then this. There's always this in sports radio. This never gets old in Cam Taylor. You've learned this um, being on the text line. There's always this one that, you know, jokes. We're, we're, we're having fun with this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not meant to be like, hey, the Flames are better than your team. Or that your players are better than those players. And then something like this comes in and says, yeah, Flames have no all-stars when you're a bottom-of-the-league team. Go Vegas, go. That's a team full of all-stars. Hashtag Cup Champs. Oh, boy. When did I say Vegas didn't have <laughs> good players? Vegas is a great team. Congratulations. You, you, you've, you've done well for yourself. I'm Cup Champs, hashtag yeah, let's go, baby. Did I say anything about Vegas? I don't think the word was mentioned. I'm not sitting here being like, A.J. Greer should go over Mark Stone. Wouldn't that be funny, though? (laughs) That's what this is. We need six Flames representatives, and Vegas gets zero. (laughs) The Cup champs cannot have an all-star representative. It goes to the worst team in the league. Yeah, we're giving it to the worst team in the league as recompense for your... (laughs) For your winnings. No. But there's always... <laughs> you can't say a good thing about <laughs> anything without somebody taking it as a slight against their team. Even if it's not even... Like, if, even if I'm not connecting points A to B, mm-hmm. you just can't do it on sports radio. It's, it's just, just sometimes it's... you hear what you, you want to hear, and, you know, that's that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> no, we didn't mention Vegas, but... uh, I. I guess he really wanted to hear about Vegas. So yeah, maybe we didn't. That's it. We didn't talk about Vegas enough. Who will who will probably have two uh, two all stars? Who will praise the Vegas Golden Knights if we don't on this segment? <laughs> who? I beg you on Calgary Radio. 
will praise the Golden Knights. Hashtag Cup Champs. I'll bet you Vegas thinks about Calgary a lot. Hashtag Cup Champs. This is an interesting <laughs> idea. Send Lindholm or Hannafin showcase the UFAs to increase their trade value. Ooh. Send him to the All-Star game. Craig Conroy's got more firepower to go, hey, you want Elias Lindholm? He was an All-Star. You see how good he played when he was on the ice with he needs Tomas Hurdle. <laughs> two first-round picks. Because not only is he outstanding defensively, he's also an All-Star this year. You think I'm giving up an All-Star for nothing? A hashtag NHL All-Star? Hashtag pay me more. Hashtag cup champs. <laughs> <laughs> and don't, don't worry. We'll talk about uh, Vegas representatives coming up very shortly. They should have 32 of them. Just the entire, to send the team. Because they're hashtag cup champs. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know who aren't cup champs? The, the, the teams that play in the beer league broadcast. But it's going to be fun because it's back. And March 22nd at Flames Community Arena, we need two amateur hockey teams to join us and have your game broadcast over the 960 airwaves. The same airwaves that when Calgary plays Vegas, the Cup Champs are broadcast on. Hashtag Cup Champs. If you want to be on the same airwaves as the Cup Champs, you need to get your teams in at sportsnet.ca slash 960. We're going to have everything. We're going to have Russick. We're going to have Rose. We're going to have Steinberg, maybe. Our, our, our boss might be in town, maybe. We'll see. All of us are going to be there. We're going to have celebrity refs. Cron was there last year. Paul Cruz was there last year. We're going to have an after party of Wild Rose. We're going to have intermission games for the audience members and custom jerseys for your teams. Enter your team now at sportsnet.ca slash 960. We will have two winners chosen and contacted on February 2nd. This event brought to you by our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. They're serving up premium craft beer to Albertans since 1996. Whether you're looking for a finely tuned craft lager or a bus porter, they've got something for everyone. Find them around Alberta and at the tap room. At the Curry Barracks. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. Two Wednesday regulars coming your way. Ailish Forfar, co-host of the fan pregame show, is going to join us. And we'll put a bow on another season of fantasy football with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. Still lots to come when Hour 2 kicks off. It's next on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.